Blog Talk Radio. It's 2020. Whoever thought we all would have lived this long? I never did. I was born in 1960. <clears throat> and when I was a little kid, I thought, man, I'd never live to be 50, much less 60. For me, the last 10 years have been free money. Every day has been borrowed time for me, man. I'm happy to be here. I am so happy to be here. And I'm happy you all are here, too. Welcome to the Crystal Silence League Hour with Reverend John St. Germain and uh, broadcasting live from Divine Harmony Spiritual Church in Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, happy to be here, happy to be alive, happy to be broadcasting. Took a break over the holidays. We're back ready, willing, and able to bring you the spiritual truth and justice that you so desperately crave in your life. And tonight we'll be talking about one of the branches, one of the four branches of crystal immensity will be going to projection. Now, the first branch is um, scrying. The second is projection. The third is reception. And the fourth is healing. I'm not taking them in order. Uh, because a lot have been said about scrying. We may even say that for last because that may take several episodes. And uh, healing may take several episodes. But we're going to talk about projection. Sending out intention. Silent influence, etc. Because that's very important. Most spell work is projection. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. And for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, the Crystal Silence League was founded around 1917 or so by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon, a magical adept, who uh, founded it for the purpose of projecting positive prayer and affirmation for all those in need. I read on a um, website, interestingly enough, where uh, someone said the Crystal Silence League was a uh, venue for selling his spiritual books, and that's all they had to say about it. And they completely dismissed the prayer service that Crystal Silence League offered free of charge, which I found cynical and disingenuous. Do you like that word, disingenuous? Um, of course, this is a website by... I think uh, skeptical folks who see the uh, bad side of everything. Pardon me while I take a drink. And um, But it, he founded it for the distribution of prayers, rejection of prayers for all those in need. And uh, through the agency of the crystal ball. And uh, he was an advocate of new thought. And it was his brilliant contribution to New Thought to take some of the healing techniques of New Thought and apply it to the crystal ball, amplifying it tremendously. Uh, we cannot even say tenfold or hundredfold. It's only limited by, by your mind, by your imagination. 
when he passed into the silence around 1954, he took the uh, league with him until 20, uh, 2007, something like that, when Magical Adepts of Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. I need to nail that date down precisely because uh, the uh, Crystal Silence League was owned by another fellow who gave it to Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. And uh, somewhere around 2007, 2010, thereabouts, um, it was reborn on the web and uh, was given to the uh, Missionary Independent Spiritual Church and there, there into the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches. But anyway, it's on the web now and has been there for quite some time at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And if you go there, there's lots of prayers posted every day. We get 100 to 200 a week. And um, if you'll join me there in just a little bit, we'll read some prayers aloud. But first, our crystal of the week is uh, an interesting crystal called uh, Lodolite. And uh, I mentioned it on the Lucky Mojo show Sunday, and a lot of people said, I've never even heard of that. And it's interesting because it's sometimes called uh, forest crystal, forest quartz, garden quartz. Uh, it's an inclusion quartz, uh, like phantom quartz. And uh, it's basically a quartz that has inclusions of... Um, um, different other uh, minerals like a uh, feldspar, uh, hematite, uh, man, uh, chlorite, uh, fluorite, and they can have all kinds of different colors in them: uh, green, orange, red, white, and uh, they look like little terrariums or underwater aquariums, uh, landscapes, and um, they look like gardens, uh, underwater scenes. Um, and um, uh, they have a lot of names, uh, scenic quartz, landscape quartz, uh, uh, underwater terrarium quartz, garden quartz, forest quartz. But um, when they're polished uh, in round shapes, they have an amplifying effect. And they're used a lot for meditation. You meditate and get lost in these little landscapes and these uh, complicated matrices of uh, design. And um, they're very relaxing, very soothing, and they come in different sizes. Uh, I have one about, oh, two inches in diameter, and I have one about an inch in diameter. Um, it, uh, interesting, when I, I was looking around on the Internet to see what people call them, they go, this is the shaman stone, this is the stone of power, this is the spirit stone, this is... Uh, 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 they call it all kinds of things, and uh, I've, I've heard about 20 different stones called uh, the Sorcerer's Stone and the Shaman Stone. Uh, so I, I don't know which one is the, I can't tell you which one is the Shaman Stone, but there's a lot of them that are called that. Um, uh, I wouldn't call it that at all. I, if I called it any kind of the stone, I would call it uh, uh, the stone of, uh, of uh, connection to the earth and to your own nature. It, um, it's mostly used in a, a med, most it, I, for decades. I've just seen it used for meditation. Um, uh, people have um, used it to connect to to ground themselves to meditate um, uh, as gazing stones and uh, uh, use it for uh, very deep emotional uh, explorations. And uh, I know that the meditation state is often used as the launching point for many other adventures, uh, like astral travel and uh, communication to higher planes and things. Uh, you know, so possibly, you know, possibly that's why it's uh, uh, many many people have called it different things. Uh, schools of uh, magical practice may have integrated it into their practice and given it specific names because it is a very versatile stone uh, if you think about it it combines many other minerals uh, if it if it has red in it then it's got iron right hematite um, if it if it has uh, uh, green in it uh, then uh, uh, you know feldspar or green in it uh, 
then it will have certain qualities, right? So uh, it would have an emotional healing quality to it. So, uh, you know, perhaps there are different uses for it. Um, and um, I would I would say it's very good uh, uh, for helping you concentrate on on these spiritual goals. Uh, you you gaze into it as a scrying stone or a meditation stone uh, to help elevate whatever practice you're working on. So. Sure, it's a magician stone, a shaman stone, you know, call it what you would. Uh, I think uh, I've heard it called a dream stone as well. They call it the dream stone because it can help you with your lucid dreaming and uh, with uh, dream walking and things like that, shadow walking. Um, you know, why not? Um, using it as a uh, elixir. Uh, you know, being quartz, it's very hard, right? On the Mo scale, it's very hard. Uh, you can drop it directly in the water and do an infusion. I don't do that anymore with any stone. I put it in a little jar and put that jar in the water. Uh, I'm just not sure it's a good idea to get pieces, tiny pieces of crystal and, and swallow it. <clears throat> so uh, I usually do an indirect uh, elixir, drop a few drops of brandy in it uh, to keep it from uh, growing mold and uh, uh, use it to anoint yourself or anoint your magic, uh, anoint your crystal grids, uh, sprinkle it about yourself, uh, use it for spell work. That's Lodalite. I have a picture of it on a slideshow. And uh, they come in many, many varieties. Uh, they're not very expensive and they're not particularly rare. I've heard people say they're rare, but they're not. But every crystal show, every crystal show and every crystal shop I've seen them. And they're not, they're not that expensive. They're really not. They're like any other uh, uh, includes, inclusion. They're inclusion quartz. Uh, inclusion quartz. They're they're common. They really are. They're they're all over the market. When they were trendy, all of a sudden they were everywhere. So um, you can find them and uh, get one to play with it. And see what you think. And if you have any questions, let me know. Um, let's go to our prayer page. And. Um, over at the Crystal Silence League, and that's crystalsilenceleague.org. And you go to the prayer page, and goodness gracious, we have so many. Just in the last couple of days, I believe people are working on their New Year's resolutions. I don't do resolutions. You know, New Year's is just another day to me. Um, there's the action from uh, that I take notice of, but I, I don't make resolutions. Um, I don't think there's any uh, time of year that I make resolutions. I, I reassess constantly and uh, redirect my energies as necessary. Resolutions, heck, every day's a resolution for me. I wake up and say, "Oh my gosh, I'm still alive." You know, oh good. You know, time. What what do I need to get done today? So every, every day is a resolution for, for me. I resolve at night when I go to sleep. I say, "Well, if I wake up tomorrow, um, I'll get some stuff done." Starting with coffee, I believe there are a lot of them here. Um, why don't we start? And if you like, pray along with me. Uh, prayer ID eight nine eight six seven. Who, who says? Um, apparently, there's some uh, reversal work being done to reverse and um, blow back some. Uh, uh, negative uh, energies and curses and uh, thing cross conditions and the prayer is behold I will do a new thing now shall it spring forth shall ye know it I will even make a way into the wilderness and rivers in the desert father in the name of Jesus blow asunder all blocks obstacles barriers setbacks delays and holds for our and family father make a way for them through the wilderness make a way for them Blow back all enemy work. Reverse all curses back to the senders. May your name be glorified, Jehovah Gabor. Father, smite the enemy in their work. Amen. That's somebody who knows how to pray. Prayer ID 89866. Who wants to get their money back? Who says, okay, I lost $283 yesterday, not from my account. 
Wow. Angel Polio, help me to get this money back quick. Amen. How did you lose that out of your account? My goodness. Somebody must have. Hmm. Prayer ID 89865. Okay, that's the same prayer. It's there twice. Prayer ID 89864. He says, thank you for lending me your favor and answering my prayers, St. Jude. I'm very grateful to you, and we love you very much. Amen. St. Jude can come to you, uh, come through for you in a crisis. 89863, please pray for R. He's spending compulsively and impulsively. He is out of control. Amen. Prayer ID 89862. Somebody, uh, evil African Army commander. He is holding the five guys' military IDs so they can't leave for USA. Please give road opener. Thank you, God, and prayer warriors. Also, there is a snitch in the house with guys telling commander everything. Amen. Oh, my goodness. Prayer ID 89861. Need money today for food and other things. My car is acting up. Amen. Please. Prayer ID 89860. I pray that I complete my case plan and be unified back with my kids. I pray that we don't ever go through this again. And I pray that my kids and I are covered and protected by the spirits of our ancestors and the Most High, our Heavenly Father. Any and all evil and negativity be binded and cast back to the pits of hell, and my kids stop being attacked by evil forces. Amen. And prayer ID 89858. I pray that I can establish myself through creative outlets like art and writing, that I may make a name and brand for myself in art, and also as a researcher or author. I pray to establish myself financially so I can also help the world with my work here. Amen. Prayer ID 89856. I pray that my grandson, who is three and autistic, will be able to talk and start eating cooked food to maintain his body and that he will drink the juices I make for him. Thank you. All a blessing. Prayer ID 89853 who's praying for the animals affected in the Australian wildfires. And uh, she prays, I pray that they find loving hands and hearts to pull them from the fires and care for them until they can be safe in the wild once more. And I pray for an end to the destruction of their homes and sanctuaries. I pray for the habitats and especially for those amazing individuals rescuing and caring for them. Amen. And let's see, uh, prayer ID 89851, that all hex, curses, and jinxes be taken off my family, and maybe this time their evil should go back on them. I do believe these people are aware of my prayer request from the previous time and have undone all the work that's been done. have no idea if the problem can be resolved. I have faith that it can be done. Amen. Prayer ID 89850. Please pray for me to have a wonderful 35th birthday tomorrow. When was this done? Today? Oh, yeah. Okay, so her birthday is tomorrow. Pray for this day to be filled with love, fun, and happiness. Thank you. Well, happy birthday tomorrow. I hope it's everything you want. Prayer ID 89849. May my employment at work be protected. May you protect me from my manager who wants to fire me. May I get my house fixed up. And there's an address here. So I can rent it out. May my husband stay with me and not divorce me. Amen. And prayer ID 89848. I would like to ask the church to pray for my son's father and for him to see the error of his ways and to have forgiveness, to have his heart softened toward me, to change his mind, and we come back home to his son and myself. I wish for him to understand the pain and hurt he caused and have a happy and joyful life trying to make it up to us together. Amen. Well, let's have a moment of silent prayer and affirmation for all those in need of comfort and support.
Amen. Amen, amen indeed. Well, tonight we're talking about projection, which is one of the four branches of crystallomancy as taught by Mr. Claude Alexander Conlon. And I will tell you that um, that Mr. Conlon was a very enigmatic man. Um, we know that he was um, a gold digger, and that I mean that in the literal sense, not the figurative sense. He he was in Alaska, um, uh, you know, like Jack London uh, and uh, some other folks, uh, and uh, it's part of the Alaska Gold Rush, right? Um, and he rose from virtual obscurity in the rural Midwest, and uh, as a adventurer uh, whose exploits are quite intriguing if you ever look at a biography of him he um, did a lot of things um, he uh, we know he he did he did many things he uh, he did explore uh, Alaska he explored the uh, territories out west and uh, had many adventures according to his family and then he rose very rapidly one would say meteorically to become one of the most successful and prosperous people of his time. And he counted among his friends and acquaintances uh, uh, some of the most prominent stars and celebrities and politicians uh, in the world. And uh, he married several times. He purchased property. Um, and he retired a millionaire after only nine years on the public stage as a vaudeville performer. He was at one time the biggest headliner in vaudeville. Uh, you can find posters where he was on the same bill as Houdini and his name was bigger. He headlined Houdini. It was, it was Alexander and under it Houdini. Um, the reason he's not, as, he's not as well known as Houdini is because he worked nine years. Houdini performed for what, 30? something like that he uh, he worked he made his money and then he retired to um, oversee basically his uh, publishing his uh, private readings he was a private reader for uh, many of the wealthiest people in the world and he ran the Crystal Silence League for the rest of his life now affluence and fame such as that enjoyed by Mr. Collin does not happen by accident. You don't fall into things like that. Uh, you either inherit the money, which he did not, or you deliberately set out to succeed. And the extraordinary thing about Mr. Collin was that the, the more he accomplished, the more he wanted to share it with others. So even while he was touring the country as a performer, he was making notes for the books that he was going to publish. And then he started publishing small pamphlets and booklets. And he shared his philosophy and his methods for his success. And then after his retirement, he published books on New Thought and uh, Spiritualism. And every morning, he prayed over the postcards of those who sent him prayer requests. And as uh, as we know, he was a great master of silent influence and other methods of projection and attraction. Uh, even in the biography uh, written by uh, Charvet, he, he uh, talks, there's a quote from one of his wives who was uh, uh Fairly, fairly young. She was younger than he was, and uh, the the parents were against her marriage him because he was a adventurer. <laughs> he was a vaudeville performer, and he said, "Oh, let me talk to them," and uh, and she said that it was frightening because no one could ever say no to him. After they spoke with him, they agreed to the marriage, and um, um, completely gave in to anything he wanted that his uh, his power persuasion 
was indomitable. So he was this great master of silent influence and all other methods of projection and attraction. Now, this was before, uh, a lot of this was before he discovered the power of the crystal. So imagine how excited he was when he discovered that crystal balls could magnify and focus mental waves. And with that discovery, he made the leap from entertainer to teacher. So proficiency in crystal work, though, doesn't come easy. I'm just going to tell you that. Practice is the price you pay for that, and lots of it. You have to train your mind, but also train your body. And uh, in the um, uh, Inner Secrets of Psychology, his five-volume book, his five-volume uh, series of books on uh, New Thought, Mr. Collins stresses in, in every volume, there, there's one actually on health, the psychology of health, and he talks a lot about health practices. Uh, but in every one of these volumes, he stresses the importance of taking care of yourself and diligently training your mind. He emphasizes a healthy diet, plenty of rest, exercise, and he he doesn't tell you not to drink, but he uh, he suggests you do. But he doesn't tell you not to, but he... Uh, he says avoid indulgencies. He calls them indulgencies in alcohol and other intoxicants. He advises a dedication to spiritual excellence and a program of meditation to hone your concentration. And uh, sometimes he can get very sal salty with you. He'll say, if you want to sacrifice your mental control and whole future life for a few pleasant indulgencies in the present, that's your business. If you don't, if you do not take advantage of its benefits in capital letters, it's because you don't want to. And in a sense, he's right. And you know, this is this is old school. And in a sense, he's right. If you want to spend your time indulgent indulgencies, uh, you know, indulging your, uh, you know, your your uh, sense pleasures. There's a price to pay. And that price is you'll always be ordinary. If you want to be excellent, you have to take extra effort. You have to. You have to. And uh, Mr. Conlon had a serious message to deliver. And he didn't want to waste time with people who were just messing around. And in this way, he reminded me of the Buddha. A lot of people think the Buddha was someone and butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. But if you read the Buddha Sutras, Suda and the Sudas, the Pali Canon, he, he got salty with people. Um, there was a, um, a monk called Sati, S-A-T-I, and there's a thing called Sati's Heresy. He was going around telling people that there was a, a soul that transmigrated the body in reincarnation. And Buddha said, bring that fool to me. This is what it says. In the, in, bring that fool to me. And the monk's bottom, he said, he goes, oh, you fool. When did I ever say this? When in any of my teachings did I ever say that there was a, an Atman, because, you know, he taught Anatta, no, no soul. When did I ever say that there was an Atman that transcended the death? And he said, tell me when I ever taught this, you fool. And he, and he, he, uh, he, he humiliated this guy. And, uh, and there was a, there, there, there's several examples of that. Uh, there was a monk who um, missed his girlfriend when he joined the Sangha, and Buddha said, said, oh, you foolish man. He said, it were better you stuck your penis in the mouth of a viper than you stick it in a woman's vagina. Get get away from me, you fool, until you come to your senses. He said this. These are things the Buddha said. And, um, and people said, well, you know, Buddha, they imagine Buddha as this little pudgy man that, you know, butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. But um, he he could get salty. And... Uh, and uh, Conlon, Miss Conlon, reminds me of this sometimes. He'll uh, he'll be very kind, but but you know then he shows that he's very impatient with people who aren't willing to do the work. And uh, you know he he's like, don't waste my time. If you're not willing to do this, don't waste my time. And uh, and I'll tell you that people often call me. They'll say, yeah, I want to learn to do this. And I'll say, well, buy a crystal ball and work with it. And they'll call me a week later and say, well, I'm not getting anything. And I'll say, well, you know, it's a week. You know, it's a week. You know, give it six weeks and call me back. And um, 
give me, you know, give it six months and call me back. Give it a year and call me back. So we are talking about something that takes time. It takes time. So the first branch of crystal gazing is the visionary branch, which is called uh, scrying or crystallomancy or seership. The second branch is projection, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight. And um, the um, third branch is uh, called the receptive branch, induction or receiving. And the fourth branch is called the transformative branch, which is uh, crystal magic or healing. And we'll talk about these uh, in turn. And uh, tonight, we um, <clears throat> we definitely want to talk about the projective branch and um, how to start with it. Now, I guess we should talk a little bit about. Um, well, last last time I guess we did talk about how to uh, pick your crystal balls. Um, and how to did we talk about how to position your crystal balls? Uh, the size of your crystal ball should be uh, easily held in your hand, um, a two-inch or three-inch crystal ball. And uh, <clears throat> the um, uh, beginner should commence your exercises with a two-inch clear crystal ball. And if you gain proficiency, you can work up to a three-inch palm ball and tinted crystals. Uh, if you have small hands, and like the palm method of holding the ball, the two-and-a-half ball may be the best size for you. For the projections that uh, I personally use for the Crystal Silence League, uh, uh, daily when I'm launching projections of enormous scope, I have a four-inch ball that I use, um, which you can sometimes see in pictures of my chapel. And I, but, you know, I've been doing this a long, long time. And... Uh, the crystal ball used for crystal silencing projections at Missionary Independent Spiritual Church is, uh, if you've ever been to Missionary Independent Spiritual Church uh, in California, it's a 10-inch uh, clear ball of uh, fused quartz. It's it's enormous. So there are very, uh, many ways to hold your crystal. Uh, some of is that you can hold a very small ball between your thumb and your fingers. Uh, near your eyes and you brace your elbow on a table and you gaze into the ball. The palm position is that you hold a, a ball in the palm of one hand, you brace your elbow on the table uh, or the chair or your hip and you gaze into the ball. That's the, the most natural way to hold a ball. You just grip it in your hand like it's a baseball. Uh, the double-handed way is good if the ball has some weight to it. Uh, you rest a ball in both of your hands you use like a tripod, like a stand. It's a dipod, I guess, because it's only two. And uh, and you brace your elbows on the table and you gaze into the ball. The lap position is good for a heavier ball. Um, you just rest the ball in your lap and steady it with your hands and gaze downward into it. This is if you're sitting with your legs crossed. Um, the table position is uh, if the ball is in a stand on the table, which is the way you normally see it in pictures of uh, yogans and uh, crystal gazers. The ball's on the stand and they're bent over it, gazing into it. Um, so th these are many ways. There are many, many other ways. Uh, whatever is most comfortable to you. Um, I've, I've done it on the on the edge of my fist. And uh, I think there's a picture of me showing that in my lecture um, out at the Hoodoo Festival where I, you, you make a fist and put it on the side of, you hold your fist uh, uh, horizontally and put it on the uh, where your thumb and finger curls and uh, hold you stand out of your hand basically and put it on the edge of your fist and gaze into it. So traditionally balls or spheres are considered the best uh, medium for for scrying and for projection and receiving. Um, and um, Traditionally, uh, crystal balls are uh, cleansed or uh, uh, bathed in moonlight. And uh, so you would take it outside and hold it up to the moon. Uh, sometimes people uh, prefer the full moon, but it's not essential. But full moons are traditional. And uh, you, uh, you send your best positive energy to the ball. You get to know your ball this way. 
and over time you develop a sort of affinity for your crystal. You develop a, a relationship with it, just as you do for most of your divinatory tools. And the more you work with uh, your crystal or your, your uh, particular tool, the more you feel its potential. You, you lock in with it. And um, um, if you feel reluctant with the idea that you can bond with an inanimate object such as crystals and stones, um, um, uh, it does seem strange, but you do begin to feel a sense of affection for tools that serve you well. And I, I am among the people who believe that crystals and stones have a sentience, they have a consciousness, they have an intelligence of sorts. They remember energy, they transmit energy, they transform energy, and they're part of the living earth. And um, that, I, I don't know, some people may think that's a crazy belief, but there it is. They seem to. They seem to have a vibrational energy to them. And they, they act a lot like very simple life, like diatoms, for instance, and viruses. So the more you work with crystals... The more you'll see that certain types of crystals, certain shapes of crystals, um, harmonize with you. They, uh, you, you lock in with them. They just, you know, okay, this is good. This is good for me. So a lot of times with the crystal balls, it's good to keep them in a bag, wrap them in a cloth, because these are burning lenses. If sun goes through them, they can start fires. Um, there's uh, some exercises Mr. Conlon suggests. <clears throat> You, uh, you hold your crystal ball in your hand and just fix your undivided attention on it for five minutes. That's not as easy as it sounds. You'll find your eyes drift, your mind drifts, and every time it does, bring it back. Set a timer. See if you can do it for five minutes. It's harder than it sounds. Undivided attention is the key here. Nothing can take you. Your eyes cannot wander. Your mind cannot wander. You fix it on that crystal ball for five minutes. Um and uh, very hard to do in the beginning, believe me. And after you do it for five minutes, you master that. Try it for six minutes. Don't try. Don't go from five to ten. It's oh my goodness, five to six, then six to seven, then seven to eight, then eight to nine. Then try it for ten minutes at a time. Um, you can also put the ball at eye level on a shelf, and you aim your forefinger at it. And as you walk toward the ball, keep your finger in alignment with the ball. This is very similar to testing which of your eyes is dominant. You just concentrate on the tip of your finger and the ball and keeping them in alignment until you touch the ball. And you do this from different angles and uh, try switching the dominance of your eye. There's uh, other exercises we'll, we'll, do, uh, we'll talk about when we start doing scrying. But the projective branch uh, is often called silent influence because you're trying to influence action at a distance. And uh, <clears throat> every time I think about action at a distance, I think about the, uh, the debate in physics. Einstein said, well, I don't believe in spooky action at a distance. And then quantum physics come along and said, well, look at this, phase entanglement and all this other stuff. Apparently, there is action at a distance that... What happens here can affect something over there and do it immediately, instantly, no passage of time. And uh, uh, time and space does not seem to be uh, relevant on certain levels of uh, existence. So rather than even get into that discussion, we just look for results. So indirectly influencing the actions of others from a distance is just even on the surface of it at first glance is an incredible proposition. And this is mostly what we do with spell work, right? We're trying to influence actions at a distance. Um, we're either uh, evoking spirits or controlling spirits or sending spirits out or bringing spirits in, removing spirits, uh, or we're trying to influence a person or an action or something. Um, 
every spell cast, every prayer chanted, every wish made, uh, are attempts to influence the will or thoughts of someone else. So through this eye of the crystal ball, we're going to focus our will, concentrate our will, and hurl it out toward the object of our desire. And Mr. Conlon says, uh, by the use of the crystal, you may project or broadcast messages of psychic influence to those whom you have never met, and your prayers for them will change and influence their lives. Well, uh, practically, let's say you have an important business meeting, and you can send out thoughts of silent influence before you meet these clients, and you urge them to see you in a favorable light. You say, you like me. You always say it in the present tense. You know, say, uh, we meet, you like me, you have a favorable impression of me, you fall in love with me, and you're going to uh, give me whatever I want. Say you're appearing in court, you might attempt to sway the judge in your favor through your crystal ball several days before your hearing. Do it every day before your hearing. Do it an hour before your hearing. Just keep at it. Now, it's not limited to people. You can penetrate the very fabric of reality if you're good at it and if you're determined. And you can reweave reality to your preferences. You can attract love. You can attract money. You can attract success, fortune, and fame. Mr. Conlon did all the above. And these techniques work. These techniques work. And to initiate a projection, your mind has to be absolutely clear before going into the silence. Now, going into the silence is something you'll hear a lot about in New Thought. It's, a, it's not meditation. It's very similar to meditation. And meditation can be um, performed before you do a projection, uh, or any of these, actually, to, to get your mind focused. Uh, going into the silence is a New Thought technique. Uh, it was uh, written quite a bit about by... Uh, Phineas Quimby and uh, many of the other New Thought practitioners. And the way they describe it, and the way Mr. Conlon describes it, is that you you enter the area of pure causation, that the mind becomes quiet, it's free of anything, any distracting thoughts, and that you enter the area in your mind of pure power and pure thought, pure intention, and it's a place of pure spirit. Um, it, it's very difficult to teach another person how to do it. This is something you find within yourself. But imagine if you're, if you want to project prosperity, that you find a place within you that's already prosperous. If there's no distracting thoughts of bills, of how you're going to pay the rent, of how you're going to put gas in your car, but there's a place in you that already has wealth. You find that. And that's the place of pure, of pure causation of prosperity. That's where you enter and you exclude all doubt and all distractions and any kind of um, thoughts that, you know, oh my God, the rent's due tomorrow. How am I going to pay it? I don't have any money in my pocket etc. Um, there's, there's a good saying, uh, being poor is a lifestyle, being broke is temporary. And uh, what I've always thought is, you know, I have money, my money's out there, it may not be in my pocket, but it's out there. All I have to do is call it to me. And it, it's so, something like that. It's something like that. Let's hit station identification for a minute. And then we'll come back and talk some more about it. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, Add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. 
My goodness, we have a lean lineup these days. There was a time we had, I think, seven radio programs, maybe more. And uh, um, <laughs> now we have like three. I think we're going to pick up a couple of more, though. I think we have a couple of other people who are about to uh, start programs. And, you know, it's it's um, a challenge to maintain a program this long. Um, you know, people say, oh, I'm going to do a weekly program. I'm going to keep a weekly program. Um, so uh, they start, and uh, uh, they, they're good for a few weeks, and then they life gets in the way, and uh, disasters happen as they do in life, and then they think, what am I going to talk about this week? And um, then they just the habit of doing it it's very hard and um, it's very very difficult so it's a uh, it's very difficult so we're talking about silent the uh, going into the silence I always think of this of silence as the mind of spirit um, of the spirit the divine mind in new thought it's believed that there's a perfect you that exists in the mind of, of God, the divine mind, and that the closer that we can um, integrate that perfect us into ourselves, uh, the more we can draw into that. that that's how we uh, draw, into, draw health, for instance. That, that perfect us is perfectly healthy, perfectly prosperous, perfectly happy. And the more we can integrate that perfect us into our reality, more like that perfect us we become. So, for me, I think when going into silence is going into that um, that perfect doppelganger. Um, we go into that uh, mind or spirit. We we integrate that. We find that perfect us, and and go into that and draw it to us. So, what we're doing in projection, in silent influence. Uh, your mind has to be clear. When you're doing spell work, your mind has to be clear. You can't be distracted. Um, it's 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 all the same. So um, you cannot have any doubt. You have to banish all doubt. Doubt doubt can kill you um, in this kind of work. Um, you, you know, in my book Crystal Magic, I said that doubt will kill you in this kind of work. And my my editor, my kind editor, Cat Ironwood, changed it that doubt will kill your success in this kind of work because she's she's so kind and she didn't want to scare anybody but 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 I will tell you doubt will kill you doubt will kill you and I want to tell you a story uh, <clears throat> about a drug called Krebiosin and this was in the uh, 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 journal of uh, uh, the American Journal of Medicine uh, in the 60s uh, there was a man who had tumors and they were awful he could hardly breathe they were in his lungs and the doctor gave him a drug, a new experimental drug called Krebiosin. You can look this up. I'm not making this story up. I've told this story a hundred times. And you can find it. I think you can find it on the Internet anywhere uh, to find this article. The man's tumor shrank to the point where he could uh, breathe again, and he was, he was healthy. They went into remission. Well, then a news article came out, and the man saw it. that said Krebiosin was found to be ineffective for cancer, and his tumors came back. And he, the doctor said, well, that's, hmm, this is a very hip doctor. So he he uh, said, well, that's the old Krebosin. I got a new, more potent Krebosin I'm going to inject you with, and it's it's effective. And he gave the guy saline. It was a placebo. It was saline. And the man's tumor shrank again, and the guy was fine. And then... Uh, he said on the he heard on the news that Krebiosin was completely discredited. It was worthless for it, it, nothing. It, it, it fixed nothing. Wouldn't fix a headache. The man died two weeks later. Doubt will kill you. Doubt will kill your success. Is my gentle editrix um, edited me to say? Doubt will kill your success, but doubt will kill you. Doubt will kill you. And doubt will also lack of doubt will elevate you. Lack of doubt will elevate you. 
I cannot stress this too strongly. Um, banish feelings of uncertainty in your life. Banish any kind of feelings of doubt because proficiency in believing can truly change the reality around you. So you have your crystal ball. You banish doubt. You believe you're going to do this. And um, we uh, might want to uh, so, uh, select crystals appropriate to our cause. You're going to project out um, prosperity. You want a green crystal. Let's say you want to control your boss to give you a raise. You might want to use a red crystal if you have strong willpower. Or just use a clear crystal. Just use a clear crystal. Uh, uh, let's say, and a lot of the work I do is boss fix. It's boss control. People come and say, oh, my boss is, is a jerk. I can't. And we're doing boss fix work and a lot of that. So imagine your target, your boss, performing actions you want to, you wish of them. Bring all your senses into play. You have to see them. you got to hear them. You have to smell them if you can. And that sense of smell, if you can bring it in, is very powerful. And then you talk to that mental version. You want to connect with their template. You want your spiritual being to connect with their spiritual being. And you say, you know, Mr. Boss, you know I'm the best employee you have here. I am the person that holds this business together. You recognize this. You do recognize this. And you know you want to reward me. You are offering me a raise and a promotion. I'm grateful for this, and I accept it. And you keep doing this. You just keep doing this. You, fire, you fuel this scenario with every ounce of fire of your convictions, and you put it in the crystal. You, you throw in that crystal. You fill that crystal with it until it's about to explode. And then you hurl it at your target. You know, in this case, Mr. Boss. And then you let it go. You give it You give it to the universe. You don't fret about it. You don't obsess about it because that obsession, that fretting, is doubt. And that doubt will kill your projection. So Mr. Conlon had a way to do this. Um, he said, put your, um, don't, you know, don't talk it to death. This is what I tell people. Don't talk it to death. Don't ask too much of your vigils. Don't ask too much of your projections. These can be these silent influences can be an issue for specific reasons. Get a raise, uh, get prosperity. Uh, you can do it with no target in mind. Just send it out to the universe. Just, I, I need money. I need prosperity. I need. I want some love. Give me this. When a situation is ongoing and long term, you project with codes. Mr. Conlon called these codes. He called these short, pithy statements that affirm the intention of a desire. He gave out a little book, and in Secrets of the Crystal Silence League, we um, republished that. Please get you a copy of that, man. That's a great little book. These uh, these codes. Uh, uh, an example of uh, Mr. Collins' code for friendship, for example, I am happy in the confidence of my friend um, Peter. They'll say Peter, uh, my friend Peter. We are agreed. We're in harmony. We're united. My friend is drawing nearer to me daily. And uh, codes are always positive. You always, they're always in a positive sense. Instead of, I will stop snacking between meals, you never say no. Your brain is perverse. Whenever you say, I won't do this, your brain is going, oh, yeah, I will. So, uh, <laughs> uh huh, I sure will. You use a brief code like, I'm happy to feel hunger, for I'm strong and brave, and I finish my work before eating. So these compressed codes are very powerful, and I suggest uh, to my clients that uh, when they're sending for an unknown romantic partner, they shouldn't give a, a laundry list of traits, right? Funny, good provider, loyal, attractive, great in bed, dutiful parent, blue-eyed, uh, brown hair, uh, passionate, artistic, smart. You don't have to do that. All you have to do is project your perfect lover because you know what you want your heart knows what you want god knows what you want the universe knows what you want these all these unspoken assumptions will ride the wave of your code all you need to do is clearly feel the presence in your heart and send out 
come to me, my love. I'm looking for you just as you're looking for me. And that's it. All you have to do. You don't have to micromanage your projection, right? And that's the secret of successful projection. After you enter the silence, you have to act and feel as if you've already made the changes which you're trying to initiate. You have to believe. And the strength of your belief will change reality. And that's a metaphor. Reality will change around you. And that's a very difficult thing to really get across to people. They go, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I have money and stuff. No, that's not just it. Reality will change around you. Reality will change around you. If you stop thinking violent thoughts, violence won't happen around you. You know, it says in the Tao Te Ching, um, um, in him, spears and weapons will find no place to enter. The tiger will find no place to put his claw because in him, death has nowhere to enter. And this is a, not a metaphor. For, for the man, it says, for the man who knows how to live or for the man who knows life, death has no place to enter. No one can stick a spear in him, and the tiger will not put his claw in him. And this is the the key of uh, positive projection. We'll talk some more about this next week. Gosh, I'm so happy to be back. Happy to see you guys. And, uh, you know, the Reverend loves you. The Reverend cares for you. Uh, we'll try to be back next week. I'll try not to have a two-week hiatus. Uh, life is funny. You know, I'm, I'm going to tell you that uh, um, 8 to 9 at night is a... Um, weird time for me so we're going to go out a little music and we'll see you uh, next week on the crystal silence league hour Crystal. 